ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. It is Tuesday, June 8th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone line. 877-420-TALK. 877-420-8255. White Claw Hard Seltzer. It's made pure. Open lines for you this hour. We're going to do the whole show. Me and... And you. That's the whole show today. So looking forward to having a chance to talk to you. You can also join me on social media at Paul Swan. So if you want to be a part of the program that way, you can jump in on social media. We've got a lot we haven't talked to you about together. So I want to do that today. It's been a few days since we found out that Mike Hamrick is going to be stepping down. As the athletic director, taking a position with the president for the remainder of the president's term to focus on fundraising, it feels like that that's going to be successful. At least uh, we're going to hear some more positive news, I believe, here in the coming days and weeks about that project. That's the baseball park, really a project that needs to be done sooner than later or it's not going to get done at all. So that's my feeling on that. And hopefully, uh, when, when we have some announcements to make, some big news, we'll try to get Mr. Hamrick on the program. We're also looking forward to uh, talking to uh, soon-to-be interim athletic director Jeff O'Malley. As soon as we get a chance to get him on the show, we will. But with all of that said, we haven't actually had a chance, just you and me, to, to kind of decompress and, and go over everything that could happen because – there are going to be plenty of questions that we're going to have to have addressed here. And we're pushing it down the road a little bit because soon as the president's term is up, a new president needs to be found. So there will be an interim president, I'm sure, unless there is a search committee that has formed sooner than later to have a president in place. And then once a new president is in place, then the search can begin, if not sooner for a new athletic director. And so I'm kind of curious, with the guy who is uh, stepping in and going to be the interim athletic director, will he throw his name into the hat? Will he be considered? Will Jeff O'Malley be someone that could take that role and be the permanent athletic director? I mean, this is a one-year audition just about. And, of course, I think Jeff would do a fantastic job. I think he would do a great job. So that's going to be some of the things that, Maybe we're going to find out sooner than later. Is he interested in the job full-time? Will he put his name in the hat? Opportunity? Will he interview? Is he just doing this and understanding that I'm the interim? I don't have any aspirations uh, for this particular position. Or, hey, maybe I would like this position. So that's kind of a question I I want to kind of get to eventually. And, of course, if there are other interested parties out there, where would you go? You have that list, right? We always talk about that list. Good athletic directors get a list. Here's some names that I'm looking at. I'm always looking at names just in case I need to fill a vacancy. You don't want to go into this cold. And, of course, if you go into this cold, then you're kind of just reaching at that point. 
Now, there's always a name that maybe you don't know that maybe gets brought to your attention, but you kind of have an idea of some of the people you're going to talk to. How's that work for athletic directors? And will there be a search for an athletic director in the broadest sense possible? Or is there sort of a, okay, we kind of have an idea who should be the next athletic director from maybe parties inside the Board of Governors? Do they have already in their mind, it's going to be this person? We're looking at this person to be the athletic director. Is that already being worked out? Because we've got a year. You've got a year. Is somebody going to wait a year to get the job, or are you going to make that move closer to when the job is actually open and available? What's going to be the timetable here? So I'm interested in all these things as we progress. What would the Board of Governors do? Would they want to wait till a new president comes in and then have the president with the understanding that you're part of this, we're bringing you in. Hey, here's one of the first things you're going to have to do. Be a part of this. We're going to have to get an athletic director to take over, to lead the department. This is what we want you to do. Or is this already sort of a, we've got an idea, the president can have some input on it, but we've got an idea already as a entity, as a group of where we want to go, whom will be the next athletic director, I don't know, but maybe somebody's got an idea already in the back of their mind. So that's some of the things I want to talk to you about over the next few weeks as we get further and further into this. And I'll, again, I'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I mean, will your coaches have some input in this? How How many people are going to have input? Is this going to be a national search committee? Is this going to be a firm that's going to bring qualified candidates to the forefront? Will this be a committee made up of local names, people that are on the board of governors and maybe some other people in the community? How broad do you go? What do you want from an athletic director? And do you want someone that comes in no connection to Marshall whatsoever, but with experience elsewhere, a proven track record, in whatever position that person has held of, well, we don't know what the characteristics are. What do you want? What are your goals? What do you want from an athletic director? Do you want someone who is recruiting focused? You want someone who is football focused, basketball focused? You know, I, I know I'm really drilling down here. Do you want somebody fundraising focused, management focused, facilities focused? coach-focused, what kind of characteristics are you looking for here? Because Mike Hamrick's an excellent fundraiser. You don't have those nice facilities without Mike Hamrick. I'm sorry. Now, there were a lot of people who decided to make some donations and put into that. Mike Hamrick just didn't open up a checkbook and write it. But you don't get those without somebody working it. And so you got new facilities and you might have, hopefully here sooner than later, a baseball park as well. So do you bring someone in who is good at fundraising? Do you bring someone in who is good at finding new revenue sources? Someone who has experience? Someone who is young and eager? Someone in the middle, maybe not as young, Yeah, few years now into wherever they've been. They know some people, but they're still young and hungry. Do you throw all of that out 
what do you look for? What do you want from an athletic director? What are your grievances? What are your wish list items? What has happened for Marshall that you want to see continue well? And what has happened for Marshall that you didn't like that you want to see a new athletic director come in and do something different? There are so many questions here. Do you want someone who goes around and shakes hands and is interactive with you? Because that, that was a knock on Doc Holliday. Unfair, I think, to a degree. That was a knock on Doc Holliday because Doc wasn't hanging out. Doc wasn't out and about. The guy woke up already thinking football, got to the, got to the job, grinded all day, nose to the grindstone, football, left, came home. Worked long hours, came home, did it all again. And then you got some coaches that are just out there. They have bright, brilliant personalities. Neither neither one of the coaches that I'm referencing here are doing it wrong. It's just, what do you want from a coach? And you have Coach Huff that comes in here, and he's got a, a bright, brilliant personality. He's, he's out there. He uses social media well. He's younger. He's got new ideas. He's coming in, thinking outside the box. Some boxes we've never thought of before. He's brought them over. And then he's thinking outside of those boxes as well. And then he pulls some stuff out of them. You, you got a different point of view here. So what do you want from an athletic director? You want something similar like that in the resume? Someone, no connection to Marshall whatsoever. I mean, that is a serious question. Does the person that's the athletic director, the new athletic director, have to have a connection to Marshall, or are you looking for someone that doesn't have a connection to Marshall, wants to elevate the program, and maybe elevate the program on that person's way up to the next level? I mean, that's always been something with coaches. They either stay forever or they leave in a few years. And I put it either or. I didn't say how they leave. I just said either they're here for a long time or they're gone in a few years. They're gone because they're moving up or they're gone because they're moving down and you kick them out. So is that what you want to see with an athletic director or you want to see someone who can stay with the program a long time, has ties to the university, wants to build upon the foundation, take the university forward. You don't have to worry about them looking for a job elsewhere because they're happy at Marshall University. I mean, we can go in so many directions with this, so I invite you to be a part of it. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Let's get into what's happening across the sports world when we continue, plus your phone calls here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't worry, Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour is always brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. I know I'm not going to get this passed through, but I'm negotiating right now. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make it a prize. Every time you call the White Claw phone lines, you actually get White Claw. I'm working on that. I don't know if I can get that passed, but I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it. Maybe we can put some pressure on the management and powers that be here at Kendrick Communications to make that something that is part of the program. You call the White Claw phone lines, you win White Claw. 
maybe we could have like a, a, a drawing out of all the callers every day. I, I don't know. If you want that, let me know. You can send me a tweet at Paul Swan. I will forward that over to management. We can make the White Claw phone lines truly the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. White Claw, Heart Seltzer, made pure. Do appreciate their sponsorship of the program. We've got a lot to get into. NBA, NHL action, it's going on again tonight. Unpopular opinion. I think NHL is more entertaining right now than the NBA. Unpopular opinion for sure, but I'm going to stand by it. We've got really good ones coming up tonight. I, I will say this, though. Atlanta at Philadelphia should be fun. It should be interesting. That's coming up tonight, 7.30 p.m. And then the Clippers at Utah. I want to like that. I See, Clippers-Utah doesn't do anything for me. Atlanta at Philadelphia, it doesn't do anything for me, but I'll give Clippers and Jazz a look. See, I'll look at it a little bit, see what they got going on, if it's worth it. And of course, uh, Hawks 76ers, Atlanta leads the series one game to none. And uh, NCAA baseball, wow, just wow. Old Dominion, Virginia, in the uh, Columbus Regional. Uh, Virginia, final and 10, uh, beats Old Dominion 4-3. to three. I thought Old Dominion was... Um, I felt good about them, too. I really did. Here's another thing to keep in mind. You talk about Conference USA, one of the best soccer conferences in, in college sports. Your champion comes from Conference USA. And baseball, one of the better baseball conferences. I mean, seriously, that's another reason why you got to get that baseball park built because how great would it be to be able to compete in this league in baseball? All of a sudden, you got a soccer team that can compete for championships, and then maybe, just maybe, you could get a competitive baseball team here. And let's be honest here. Your baseball options are limited right now. You got the West Virginia Power. But how cool would it be? Again, maybe you could have an afternoon game. You could go watch a little herd baseball in the afternoon. How cool would that be? And I know the, the minor league option, I was pushing for that. That was me. I always wanted to see minor league baseball come back to Huntington. And it probably doesn't look like that's going to happen here in the near future the way it was restructured. But that's okay because you could have college baseball. You could have a quality facility on par with a lot of your Conference USA brethren. I think you get a good crowd. I truly do. I think you get a good crowd. And it would give, I think you have, it'd be on campus, so students, if you can pry them away, and they have gravitated toward the soccer team, so you play some quality baseball, I think you're going to have an opportunity to get the students involved as well. So, I, again, I look at the Old Dominion score, I look at Old Dominion, I look at Conference USA. I mean, if I had a few million dollars, I'd give it to my camera right now. So, that happened in baseball, and then, of course, um, as I mentioned, we get hockey action coming up tonight. Lightning and the Hurricanes... Game number five, Tampa Bay leads this series three games to one. So this one's probably going to be over tonight. Unless 
Carolina just decides they're not done. And you usually, in elimination games, probably see some of the best effort in both the NBA, I'm sure, and the hockey side of things. Again, I still say the NHL playoffs are better than the NBA playoffs. And you can at me at that, at Paul Swan on Twitter. Yeah, you know, usually don't at me. No, you can at me. That's fine. You can at me on that. I'll take it because I'm right. Hockey playoffs better than the NBA playoffs. And your argument, you're welcome to make it, and I will entertain it. But you're not going to win the argument with me. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So it should be a fun one tonight, Tampa Bay, Carolina. That's coming up at 6.30 p.m. And then Vegas and Colorado. Colorado. Series tied at two games apiece. And Golden Knights are good. Colorado's good. I don't know where to go with this. I will say this. Lanch did not look good the other night. So they're back at it here. Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche series tied two games apiece. And we're going to have hockey action for you tomorrow. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to have the Bruins and the Islanders. It's game number six. Game number six. The Islanders lead this series three games to two. If Boston can win, we're going to see a deciding Game 7 and nothing like a deciding Game 7. I I hope this goes 7. I truly want to see this go 7 because it's been a fun series. It's very competitive so far. It's been a fun series to watch. And if you were keeping up on everything last night, the Islanders beat the Bruins 5-4. to four. And then Montreal Canadiens beat the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets. The Canadians were struggling to even get in. And now... They're in the semifinals here. They win the series four games to none. Again, hockey is better than basketball in the playoffs. But here, look, I'm just going to prove my point to you. Last night, I tried to watch the Nets and the Bucks. Now, if you like blowouts, hey, this is your game because the Nets beat the Bucks 125 to 86, and Brooklyn now leads the series um, what, two games none here. That was not interesting. That was not that was not fun. And at least the Suns and the Nuggets game was a little bit more competitive, but the Suns won that one 122 to 105. We'll see how this series goes. That one was a little bit better, but come on. The Nets beat the Bucks 125 to 86. With no dog in the fight, that's not fun for me. That is not entertaining whatsoever. So enjoy it as if you will. I'm going to take hockey. I'm going to take the hockey. Uh, baseball action locally. Cabell Midland, congratulations to them. Beat Huntington High 5-4 in nine innings. And the Class AAA Region 4 Section 1 Championship game. And then Ashland Paul Blazer beating East Carter 16-7. Going to play in the Region 16 Championship. That's coming up at 6 p.m. That's going to be uh, on Ashland's home field. Taking on Raceland. So congratulations to those schools as baseball continues. We've got Pirates action coming up for you tonight. The Pirates are back in action. 
Take it on the Dodgers, 7.05 first pitch. You can hear that action right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. We'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. Now back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. how you feel about an expanded college football playoff. Could this mean finally Marshall's got a fair shot at this? Marshall's got a chance to open this thing up? Everybody gets in, right? 12 teams. 12 teams. Well, Yahoo Sports is reporting that there is um, consideration for expansion. And it could be be as soon as this summer. It could even be more than 18. We could be looking at 12 teams. That seems to be the sweet spot right now. 12-team model. And that could be what the playoffs look like here for the national championship. Why not 16? Let's just go to 16. Okay, is 12 good enough? Would 16 be better could this happen? Could this be could this be because you don't want too many teams to get in? You don't want too many, right? Because you, you no, you, you don't want you don't want to have Coastal Carolina. We don't we don't want them to get in. No, we don't want Coastal Carolina to get in. No, we're too busy. We gotta have Notre Dame in. We gotta make room for Notre Dame. We gotta make room for the loser of the SEC championship game. No, we, we can't have no, no, we, we're not going to have that many, right? No. So the push right now seems to be a 12-team model. Is this good for college football, or would you like to have more? And a lot of the chatter on this is you're going to have six automatic bids, which already I think that's terrible because where are the six automatic bids going? Well, the, the Power Five have to have their conference championships all in because you don't necessarily get invited to the big party even if you win your conference championship, as we've seen. So all the conference champions get in, and the top-ranked group of five team, along with six at-large bids. Which conference benefits the most from this? Just look at this. Does the Big Ten get two teams in? Does the SEC get two teams in? Does the Big 12 get two teams in? Does the Pac-12 get two teams in? Where's the benefit here? The ACC get two teams in? Someone's going to benefit. And what happens here is at least all of the the major players in this deal, the, the Power Five, they get in. They get a bid. As entities, as leagues, they get a bid. And it's their party. That's the thing. This is not the NCAA's party. This is their party. So they are setting the table here. 
So if you have 12, you're going to have five at large for the power schools. And you're going to have one at large for the group of five highest ranked. Because you can't go with conference championships at that point. Marshall could be the Conference USA champion, but if Coastal Carolina is the AAC champion and ranked higher, Coastal goes, right? And you can't just straight up take the top 12 teams because you're going to have the at-large bids, and then you're going to take the rest And say there's an upset. Say there's an upset in the conference championship, right? A team that maybe falls right outside. Somebody's losing a spot here. You, you see that all the time with March Madness. I think 16 would be great. 12's fine. This could be setting up a situation where we get to 16 instead of 12. I don't think the bowl system is going to be too impacted by this because already the way the bowls have played out, as far as I'm concerned, their impact has been lessened. Not not obliterated, but lessened. Because there are too many bowls for one. Way too many games. And that's hard to say here. We thrive on content. We thrive on games. We love it. But at the end of the day, for me, there are too many bowl games. They lose their appeal. They're not that special. The question here now is, how bad must you be to not get into a bowl game? That's the thing. How bad is your program not to get a bowl bid? Where before, you were rewarded for a great season. You got into a bowl, it was a bigger deal. So now... That's almost like a bullet point. You got yeah, everybody's in a bowl now, just about. It sort of loses its meaning a little bit to me. And so also, and while there's a lot of people who like watching college football and ESPN pretty much owns the landscape here. You get a few games here every day, it's spread out because it's programming for ESPN, and that's and that's what they do, and that's fine. At the same time, the impact has been lessened in my mind because, of course, the college football playoff. We're more interested in those games because they mean more, playing for a national championship, playing for something. I mean, consider the bowl games like the NIT. They're fun to watch, and they mean something to the kids that are playing in it, and I'm not taking that away from those people, and I don't mean to, but you're playing in the equivalent of the NIT here. Whereas the big tournament here, it's the four-team tournament. If this thing expands to 12, then the bowl games to me, and you're going to have to probably use the bowl games as well, bowl locations, maybe. Maybe you you incorporate more of the bowl games in this, which I, I don't like that. I get it for the championship, and I get it for the way it's structured now. But you have a situation where... The bowl games are just venues. I mean, that's why you have the national championship game and you have your rotating bowl games that play host to the semifinals. And then on years that the Rose Bowl's not in the mix, it's still the Rose Bowl game. It, it does its thing. And so now what if you've got 
you put your major bulls in this system here, you're elevating them a little bit more, you're adding to them, and those are bigger deals, and then you've got all these other games. And again, it's great to have a bowl. It's great because it means extra workout time for your kids. It gives you another game to play. It gives you an opportunity to end the season on a winning note. But ultimately, to me, it's the NIT. It's interesting. It's I'll watch it. It's fun. This thing, though, is what you're shooting for. More so now if you have 12 teams. Not necessarily 8, 12. You get 12 in, the bowl games, all of a sudden, you're taking the better teams and putting them in better games. And then we're just fishing. We're fishing. My sporting news even, I give Sporting News credit. Sporting News broke down in their mind how the playoffs would have looked like. This would have been the first round matchups in 2020. You would have had number eight Cincinnati versus number nine Georgia with the winner playing number one Alabama. That's a pretty good matchup right there. Cincinnati, Georgia, that would have been pretty good. Then you would have had number five Texas A&M facing off against number 12 Oregon with the winner getting the four seed Notre Dame. Well, that's a pretty good matchup as well. And then you have number seven Florida versus number 10 Iowa State, the winner getting the two seed Clemson. And then number six Oklahoma versus number 11 Indiana with the winner getting Ohio State, the three seed. And conference championships necessarily don't mean a thing because Notre Dame, Notre Dame's in the mix. Would Notre Dame get a higher seed? Do the automatic bids get the higher seeds, or just by default, the conference champion of those leagues get an automatic bid, and then Notre Dame, if Notre Dame is found worthy? Or if I'm an automatic bid team, I get in, but I'm a lower seed. I got to play. I got to play. I mean, this would have been great because Indiana would have got in. That would have been fantastic. And then if you go chalk, let's just go chalk. And this is what Sporting News did, and so that's over in SportingNews.com. They went chalk, and uh, they went Alabama versus Cincinnati. That would have been a cool match. Notre Dame, Texas A&M, that would have been cool. I would have liked that. Clemson, Florida, that would have been good. And Ohio State, Oklahoma. Why don't we start there? That was their assertion. I say throw this thing. Make it 16. I, I'm all in on 16. Everybody gets in. But the argument is, okay, after a certain level, are those teams really going to win the national championship? And, you know, stranger things have happened. But at the same time, it's, it's opportunity. Because with the NCAA tournament in basketball, the opportunity is there. Doesn't matter how good or how bad Marshall is on a given year, the opportunity is there for Marshall to get into the NCAA tournament in basketball. Marshall can win the conference tournament the way it's structured right now. You have to win the conference tournament. Regular season doesn't mean as much. It only means seeding. You've got to win enough to get into your conference tournament, and then you play for the championship, which means you get to go to the NCAA tournament. You win that, you get in. And that's the clear path there. So whatever happens, it's fair. Now, the at-large 
That's a whole different thing. But if you want to get into the NCAA tournament, if you are Marshall University, you want to get into the NCAA tournament to play for a national championship, you know what you need to do as a program. You need to win your conference tournament. You have to have a good enough team to get into the conference tournament, and then you need to go win it. And then you get into the national championship tournament, the NCAA tournament, and you have the opportunity to play for a national title. It's simple. It's easy. College football, Marshall doesn't have the equal access. Alabama has better access because Alabama is in a a league where if Alabama wins its conference championship, pretty much it's in. Marshall, if Marshall wins Conference USA, the championship, Marshall not necessarily in because Marshall's got to make sure that it's ranked higher and the conference means nothing at this point. It's got to rank higher than all the other group of five teams and we're using a ranking system that is set up by the, the playoff committee. Their rankings. So if you open this thing up a little bit and then all, all of a sudden you give five at-large bids to each of the conferences. So every power conference gets its bid. No one gets left out. Everybody's happy in the power leagues. And then you give that group of five team, the highest ranked one, you give that team the opportunity, okay, they're in. But what if you got two teams that are pretty good? How's this going to work then? Are you going to straight up take your ranking? So, all right, the next best team that's not an automatic qualifier, go down. Go down the list. How's that work? Do you hold ranking? How, I mean, do you hold serve with your rankings as well? I mean, is your automatic qualifier... If your automatic qualifier is ranked 12, do you hold your ranking and then say a team that, say Alabama loses, Alabama maybe drops a five and then it bumps someone again. We talked about this. It's, I want to see how this all works out, but it's better. At least it's better. There, There is the opportunity to see if this is really going to push forward. And will this be better for college football? Will this be better for programs like Marshall to have sort of a, a better idea of what you need to get into the, the, the playoff here? And not an access bowl, the playoff. Not There's no access bowl. There's no, okay, we're going to have a special game just for you. You're going to play a, a big-time opponent. Instead, we're going to have an honest-to-goodness playoff with multiple teams and could 12 be the precursor to 16 and honestly I think in a way this makes it more interesting because how many people would be interested in multiple teams, more teams. And I think more people would be more interested because let's look at March Madness. I mean, there are teams in there. You don't know the, where these teams came from until they get into the tournament and you're filling your bracket out. I, I don't know if you're going to have a similar effect, but it, it might be where there are more people interested in this thing because there are multiple teams. And there's more rooting opportunities here. 
877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Your someday starts today at Ohio University Southern. You'll learn and thrive with excellent, affordable education close to home, all with the benefits of a nationally recognized university. Ohio Southern's personalized approach provides an empowering, supportive learning experience with your success in mind. Choose from degrees for high-demand jobs that employers need now and in the future. Your someday starts today. What are you waiting for? Apply today at ohio.edu slash southern. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up tonight, Pirates baseball. The Pirates back in action. We've got that action for you starting at 640. You're home with Pirates all season long right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Back in action tomorrow with the Pirates. And, of course, we've also got hockey action coming up tomorrow as we will have game six between the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders. That will be on our sister station, Cat Sports, 93.3 and 1340. Been a fun show today. We haven't done one of these in a while. It's just an opportunity for you to be a part of it. And uh, we're going to try to get um, next week. I was talking to to volleyball, and uh, they've got camp going on soon for for Marshall Volleyball. That's the thing. That's the next thing we got to really get into. Football's got camp going, and there are going to be more camps. Coaches didn't have an opportunity to, to do camps these uh, last several months last year. And so that's getting back to where coaches can actually do that. And for maybe a lot of these coaches, that's an important revenue stream, to be quite honest. You get you get supplemental income from doing those camps. So I'm glad that uh, the camps are getting back. We can hopefully promote some of them. So I, I had that conversation. We're going to talk volleyball soon with, uh, with Coach Ari Agnes and – I basically explained when we were booking that if Ari wants to come on, Ari can come on anytime she wants to to promote her camp. So that's what's coming up. And of course, uh, baseball has got camp. You know, I, I got to talk baseball as well. I don't want to. I do not want to ignore baseball camp for Coach Wags. So you've got. Three summer prospect camp dates going to be Wednesdays. And you've got the prospect camps June 29th, July 14th, and August 21st. Position players are $125. Pitchers are $125. And the pitcher and position player, $150. Campers are going to get a t-shirt. You're going to be held at the Kennedy Center. And information, of course, on HerdZone.com. You want to be a part of it. That's going to do it for this edition. I appreciate you. Come back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again here. ESPN 94.1 and AM 
WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.